Hello, Saints. Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. And remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ for whom he died to save so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry according to the scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the word of God, regardless of who gets offended or not in Jesus name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. Some people who didn't grow up Catholic like myself and many others who are now washed in the blood of Jesus and children of the kingdom of Christ don't really know a lot about the Catholic Church. And one of the things people might not know about is purgatory. Let's talk about the papacy, purgatory, and prophets with a dollar sign at the end. This is basically a scam alert. Catholics are asked to pay money to the Roman cult, the Catholic Church, in order to get their dead relatives out of a place that doesn't even exist called purgatory. It's interesting to note historically that purgatory wasn't invented till the 12th century in the 1100s by the phony Roman Pope to raise money for the Roman Catholic Church, which was financially hurting at the time. This is a total scam, folks. Jesus Christ paid the full price for anyone who believes on him to get all the way to heaven. Not halfway there, but all the way there. And that brings us to the definition of purgatory. It's a think cognitive scaffolding or the putting together of two words into one. Notice the first four letters, purge. That's the root word here, purge, a Tory, two words put together, purge and laboratory. So according to Catholic dogma, purgatory, quote unquote, which the Bible doesn't mention even one time, although it mentions heaven and hell repeatedly, there's no proper name or any semblance thereof of a place called purgatory, which in the Catholic doctrine means a place in between heaven and hell. If you're a pretty good Catholic, then instead of going straight to hell, you can go to a place where your sins will be burned off because you see the Catholic church is a works-based pagan cult. They do not honor the gospel of Jesus Christ, where Jesus said, it is finished. And when Jesus said it is finished, he meant it is paid in full. The price for our sins was paid in full by our Lord Jesus Christ on Calvary's cruel cross one time. And so no suffering either on earth or in some imaginary mythical in-between place does anything to expiate the penalty of sin that's attached to everyone who's not washed in the blood of the Lamb. In fact, the Bible says all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags in the eyes of a holy God. Paul speaks of not when he died, not being found having his own righteousness, but that which is of Christ, which is the only righteousness that puts us or any person in the kingdom of Christ. The Roman Catholic purgatory lie basically says that we have to suffer for our own sins because Jesus is suffering and the offering
of his very precious divine blood on the altar of the cross was insufficient. But the Bible says in 1 John 2, 2, that Jesus is the propitiation. That means the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. That's 1 John 2, 2. Also, Hebrews 9, 27 and 28 says, it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Uh, So Christ was once, notice, once offered to bear the sins of many and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. And notice that after a person dies, it says after this, the judgment. When a person dies after this, the judgment, not purgatory, but the judgment. Either he is in Christ or he's not. Jesus Christ is the only begotten son. He died. He paid the full price to satisfy the claims of the father's justice. And so to say that somebody has to go to some intermediary place to burn off or to suffer off the remainder of their sins, which I guess the priest didn't forgive, which is impossible anyway, because Bible 101, a sinner can't forgive a sinner. And that goes into all the confession stuff, which we're not specifically dealing with here on this message of the Catholic Church, where they go into a confessional and they confess their sins before a sinner in a black robe. And he gives them, you know, 10 Hail Marys and 10 Our Fathers to pray. And there's no such thing as anyone praying to Mary in the Bible, by the way. It's another one of the many heretical doctrines of the Roman cult. And so when he dies, he goes to this place called purgatory, because after all, the blood of Jesus wasn't enough to get him all the way to heaven. So this is a blasphemous antichrist doctrine. It's a fairy tale scam to get more money out of the Catholic people who pay the priest and the Catholic church. If they pay the Catholic church enough money, then that means that somehow their dead relative is going to be taken out of purgatory and brought to heaven. This could not be more blasphemous. By the way, the Roman Catholic cult, there's no system ever in the history of mankind that is so grossly denigrated and attacked the character of Jesus Christ and the gospel of Jesus Christ as the Roman Catholic Church. Absolute blasphemy and an open denial of the efficacy of the very precious blood of Jesus Christ. It's pure gimmick, folks. Money to pay your dead relative out of a place that doesn't even exist? You've got to be kidding me. The Catholic indulgence system, that's what it's called, when you pay indulgences to the Catholic Church to get your dead relative out of a place called purgatory that doesn't even exist. This is completely diabolical and antichrist, as any Bible student knows. This system teaches that living relatives can pay money to the Catholic Church to get their dead relatives out of a place that does not even exist. And again, this system was invented in the 12th century by the then phony Roman Pope to raise money for the Roman Catholic Church. This delusional lie, this myth, this an exploitation of their own people is antichrist. It brazenly denies the efficacy of the precious blood of Jesus. In the Middle Ages, a certain pope invented this lie to get more money out of the Catholic constituency. Heaven and hell appear over 600 times in the Bible, and purgatory appears zero times in the Bible. Purgatory is nothing less than a money-making scam of the Roman Catholic Church to get to steal money, more money, out of their people, as if they're going to pay somebody out of a place that doesn't even exist. And that's a denial of the 
payment, the one-time payment for our sins that satisfied the claims of the Father's justice of Jesus Christ on the cross. So let's continue here. The, the most blasphemous element of this fraud is that it openly denies the redemption that is in Christ. In fact, the Bible says, for by grace, that's unmerited favor from God, are you saved through faith and that is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. That's the clear scripture I believe is very effectual to use when you're ministering to Catholics. Jesus said, the son of man, that's Christ, hath power on earth, notice, on earth to forgive sins. Notice, not in purgatory, never even mentioned in God's word, but Jesus says he has power on earth. That's the only place that you can have your sins remitted before entering eternity and be admitted and received with a well done, my good and faithful servant, into eternal glory with God. And it's on earth. Notice the Son of Man hath power on earth, not in purgatory, to forgive sins. And notice no man can forgive our sins. Only God forgives sins through the precious blood of the Lamb. Notice the official Catholic teaching on dogma, in case you think I'm just making these things up. The following statement can be verified by consulting volumes one and two of the book Vatican Council II, printed by Costello Publishing, North Park, New York. Austin Flannery is the general editor, and each volume contains the Nihil Abstat and the Impramator. The editions are 1984, Volume 1, and 1982, Volume 2. That sounds a little backwards from wherever I got that. This most recent Roman Catholic Council, Vatican II, did nothing but change the cosmetics, by the way, which closed in 1965 on December 8th, is the, quote, current official stand of Roman Catholicism. Notice it keeps changing through the ages. Like I said, in the 12th century, they invented this doctrine of purgatory, which is just one of the many doctrines they've introduced since they began three to 400 years after Jesus and the apostles left the earth. And it's continued to change like a chameleon, chameleon, and uh, which alone tells you it's not of God because God is perfect. And so his word is perfect eternally. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. They'll never be changed. In fact, he gives the highest price tag, most severe of judgment on anybody who would add to or take away from his word. Revelation 22, 18 and 19. The Bible says, thy word, O Lord, is settled in heaven. It's unchanging. He will not alter his word. Psalm 89, 34. I am the Lord. I change not. Malachi 3, verse 6. So the following quote is the official stand of the Roman cult. Notice here's a quote from volume two, I guess, of Vatican II, page 394. Quote, we, that's the Catholic Church, believe that the souls of all those who die in the grace of Christ, whether they must still make expiation in the fire of purgatory or whether from the moment they leave their bodies, they are received by Jesus in the paradise like the good thief, go to form that people of God. Then it says the doctrine of purgatory clearly demonstrates that even when the guilt of sin has been taken away, punishment for it or the consequences of it may remain to be expiated or cleansed. Wow. Volume 1, page 64. That's a lie. Of course, we must reap what we sow, but that's on earth. And forgiveness of sins is through the blood of a lamb. So when somebody's forgiven for their sins, they are going to be immediately. Today, you shall be with me 
in paradise when the thief on the cross repented and acknowledged Jesus, received him as his Savior. Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. And that would be the temporary holding place spoken about in Luke 16. So he was going to be there with the saints of the Old Testament before Jesus actually rose from the dead and went to heaven to sprinkle the mercy seat with his own blood. And then captivity was led captive, we believe. And so those that were in a temporary holding place called in Luke chapter 16, 19 through 31, Abraham's bosom, were led to eternal glory in heaven when Jesus completed his work of redemption by rising from the dead and to justify us, Romans 4.25, and going to sit back at the right hand of the Father, having sprinkled the mercy seat in heaven with his own precious blood, according to the book of Hebrews. So the Catholic dogma continues, if anyone says that after the reception of the grace of justification, the guilt is so remitted and the debt of eternal punishment so blotted out to every repentant sinner that no debt of temporal punishment remains to be discharged either in this world or in purgatory before the gates of heaven can be opened. Let him be anathema. So if you believe, according to the Catholic Church, that the blood of Jesus gets you all the way to heaven, not in some mythical place that doesn't exist called purgatory, then you are, according to the Catholic Church, anathema. In fact, let me note that there are over 100 anathemas of the Catholic Church in Vatican II pronounced upon everyone that does doesn't adhere to the phony Pope of Rome, right here we just saw that doesn't believe in purgatory, that believes you can go all the way to heaven by the blood of Jesus, you're anathema to them. So who's attacking who? They're attacking the born-again, Bible-believing saints of Christ who believe his word and that his blood is sufficient. In fact, the Bible says the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, cleanses us from all sin. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7, notice all sin. In verse nine, if we confess our sins, that's to God in that context, not to a mere man. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from not some, but all unrighteousness. In fact, Psalm 103, 10 through 12 speaks of God's forgiveness, removing our sins as far as the east is from the west, complete infinity. It's completely removed. Our sins are blotted out according to the book of Isaiah. And the Catholics will use 1 Corinthians 3, where Paul is simply using the imagery to show that the works of true believers, you got to get to heaven in the first place, which is only possible by the blood of Jesus. So 1 Corinthians 3 is where Paul is simply using this imagery to show that the works true believers did while on earth that were not truly out of the right heart motive would not be rewarded. He's not talking about earning your way to heaven. Have you ever been told in a Catholic church that you could not go to heaven unless you are born again? No, you've never been told that. I was Catholic and went to Catholic school, was a Catholic altar boy, and all of this for over 20 years and never heard that Jesus said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. John chapter 3, verse 3 and 7, you cannot go to heaven unless you're born again. You must be born again. Purgatory is simply not found in the Bible. It actually blatantly contradicts Bible doctrine. 
If you, by the way, are a Catholic defender, please quote the verses verbatim and let everybody know why you believe in this purgatory that doesn't exist anywhere in Scripture. Purgatory is a proofless myth invented to steal money from the Catholic Church people and to give them a false hope, to give them this second chance hope that somehow after they die, if they're a pretty good person or pretty good Catholic, then they're going to have the opportunity to be in purgatory and then brought out of purgatory by the monetary payment of their relatives into a place into heaven. This is a lie. Again, it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. In other words, judgment is going to be rendered to every individual as they die. If a person dies in sin, then they're going to go immediately to hell, as we read in Luke 16, 19 through 31. The once rich man died and was immediately tormented naked in the flames of hell from which he would never and will never escape. Whereas Paul says, Philippians chapter 1, verse 21 through 23, and 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 6 through 8, I believe it is, he said, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So the believer has the hope of eternal glory immediately upon death. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So when we die, we go directly into eternal glory. In fact, in Revelation 6, we see the souls of believers under the altar in heaven. That's where we're going to be because of the price that was paid one time on the cross of Calvary, the very precious blood of Jesus Christ. And don't we just love Revelation 1, 5 and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. All of our sins are washed away as we are in Christ. And if Jesus' blood cleanses those who believe upon him fully of all their sins, what need would there be for a place called purgatory? There just simply would not. He simply never mentioned such a place. It is a Catholic myth, another lie from hell spawned by the Roman Catholic Church. So what is your faith built upon, friend? Is it built upon religious mythology? Or is it built upon the bedrock of a loving God who warned you because he loves you? to beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening or devouring wolves. Matthew chapter 7, verse 15. One thing's for sure, there is a God and you're not him and neither am I. There's also another fact and that's that you and I have sinned against this one true holy God who said there is one God and there's only one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. No amount of good works that you or I could do as sinners could leave us in any other condition but lost, shamed, guilty, and hellbound. In fact, the Bible says all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. And as I mentioned earlier, we're saved by grace through faith, and that is not of ourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. And that goes for suffering in the fire, the supposed fires of some place, mythical place called purgatory or purge laboratory. None of that could expiate or remove or remit your sins from you, only the blood of Jesus. I exhort you, my dear friend, that if you're not born again, to come sincerely and honestly before the Lord and cry out to him today in private prayer or with another true believer or a true believer that you know, because most people know somebody that is a true believer, to pray, ask them, call them and ask them to pray with you. Tell them that you want to be saved. You want to come to Jesus. As Jesus said, come unto 
me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. And anybody who doesn't have their sins washed away is definitely laboring and burdened down with their heavy laden. They have shame and guilt, which sin always produces, and ultimately eternal death or damnation in hell separated from God. And Jesus is saying, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus never said to go find a priest or a church. Jesus said, come unto me. You ever heard the term, you need or we need a come to Jesus meeting? That's an absolute blessing. And that's Bible because Jesus said, come unto me. In fact, if you don't have this meeting with Jesus, you will not have his salvation. You've got to come directly to him. No man can forgive you. Only God can forgive sins. So come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. And I, he promises, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart and you shall find rest unto your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Matthew 11, 28 through 30. You see, God sees all of our sin and will either forgive or condemn each and every sinner based on what they did when they heard the good news of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, and it's recorded in John three thirty six: he that believeth on the son hath, already has, presently possesses everlasting life. And he that believeth not the son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Also, 1 John 5, 12, he that hath the son, that's Christ, hath life, eternal life. And he that hath not the son of God hath not life. And then he says in verse 13, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the son of God that you may know, not think, hope, or wonder, notice, but know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the son of God. When you're born again, when you've come to God and confessed what he already knows, that you are a sinner and received Christ into your life by faith, you are born again and all your sins are washed away. I can tell you right now, I've been on both sides of this fence. I was once a sinner, a Catholic sinner, nothing but a sinner with a religion. And the burden of sin was horrible. I have an ID of when I was in my early 20s in the Marine Corps, it's my Marine Corps ID. And that was just before I was saved by the grace of God. Thank you, Jesus. But you you can look into my eyes and it's there's a cold death that's emanating from those wicked eyes, those eyes that were the window into my lost hellbound soul. Nothing I did as a Catholic, keeping holy days of obligation, going to Catholic school, being a good person, supposedly. There is none good. No, not one. Romans 3, you know, saying Hail Marys. It's nobody ever prayed to Mary in the Bible. We only pray to God in the Bible, right? And all these other Catholics, none of that forgave one sin. You can ask God to forgive you for, of your sins like Catholics do all the time to you blue in the face and if you live to be a thousand years old and not one of your sins is ever forgiven your sins are all going to be forgiven at the moment you come and you bow down before a holy god who sent his only begotten son to die on a cruel cold cross at calvary's hill shedding his blood and declaring that it is finished paid in full he's going to wash away all of your sins again the bible says the blood of his son jesus christ cleanses us from all sin let me add this as we close. Any man who's not willing to give up their religion for Jesus is a hell-bound pagan sinner that is as sure for hell as if he was already there because he has idolatry in his heart. And Revelation 21, 8 says, not one idolater will enter into the kingdom of God. Let me encourage you, friend, again, bow down before the Lord today, either alone or with a true Christian, and pray in repentance and faith to receive Jesus, whosoever calls upon 
upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 10, 13 and verse 9 and 10 says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered, scripture-rich, edifying podcasts on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with several, many books on there for your edification in Christ. They're all scripture-rich and Christ-centered. Also, tens of thousands of saints and sinners are being reached every month, and you're prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting. And feel free to visit our donate page on the site. And you can use your debit card, PayPal, or Patreon. And you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so. And a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and all over the world. And may God be praised that there's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together in the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen.